Hello there, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Episode 48 Abolish the Supplementary Panel. Before I even start this episode, I realise that I'm about to alienate a whole bunch of people. I realise um, that the reaction I'm going to get to this episode is possibly going to be violent, um, perhaps more violent than any other episode I've ever covered. Um, it seems I can safely rip apart the Catholic Church, the, the Union, the Teaching Council and several others, but I know already that this is probably the one that's going to get me cancelled, as young folk would say. Uh, certainly, if you only read my rather clickbaity title, that's definitely going to be the case. But please come with me through this episode where I'll try my best to talk through the issue and whether I come to a conclusion that abolishing the supplementary panel does make sense. Hello, hello, and you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis from Anshaw.net. And I'm delighted to uh, be making a normal episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. This is only the 48th episode of our regular podcast. Um, and sometimes when I write these episodes, I come into them with an idea. Um, I don't have the idea fully formed, but I have the idea. And the idea is usually grounded in a problem with the system, which as most of you know by now, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, is my comparison uh, of the education system to uh, a set of tangled Christmas decorations. And my general aim with this, uh, with our education system is to try and simplify it so that any kinks or knots or bottlenecks the system has are ironed out. And uh, now as I'm coming up to nearly 50 of these episodes, it's becoming clear to me that most of the problems we have in our education system are generally due to the pa patronage system. Um, and you know, anytime I come up with a problem, the patronage system, uh, whether it's religious control of the patronage system or whether it's just the, it's the divide and conquer uh, abilities that can be done from it, it's generally the patronage system that is behind the problems. Um, the supplementary problem, uh, while it does have some of its problem because of patronage, uh, particularly in minority faith schools and in minority non-faith schools, let's say, it isn't actually the main cause of the problem. Uh, that uh, I have with the education system. The supplementary panel uh, certainly is um, has, its, has its place within patronage, but it isn't really the cause of the problem. Now, before I go on, I want to apologise uh, in advance for two things in this episode. Number one, I want to apologise for the sound quality uh, that you're probably hearing is, is different to the usual. Uh, my laptop died last week and I had to get a replacement and I was just about to plug in my microphone into this new laptop and realised it actually doesn't have um, a normal USB port. It has these new fandangled USB-C ports and I just don't have a microphone to have that. So I've ordered, um, I've ordered a, a cable that will uh, help me out there. Um, 
So uh, apologies for the sound quality uh, for this episode. Hopefully I'll have that new cable uh, by next week. Um, the other thing I'm going to apologise for in advance is probably what I've already apologised for uh, in the introduction, which is uh, the amount of people that this is going to uh, annoy. Uh, it's probably not going to affect you because nobody listens. Uh, I mean, nobody of any influence listens to this podcast. Uh, but um, I apologise if I offend anyone uh, with this podcast. What I'm trying to do, I suppose, is try and solve a problem. And I suppose as I'm getting excuses out of the way before you come out to me with your pitchforks, fiery pitchforks, is... Look, I didn't come up with this idea myself. Um, This idea of abolishing the supplementary panel uh, does come uh, from a number of uh, places, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, And to be honest with you, the supplementary panel, I I have to admit, has uh, helped me uh, in terms of being able to keep uh, some of them, uh, some of all of my wonderful temporary members of staff that I have, and uh, I'm able to offer them permanent positions as a result of it. However, If you talk to me or any principal around June or July, or probably more likely July, when we should be on our summer holidays, uh, it's it's likely that if you talk to a principal, they are cursing the supplementary panel. And the reason I'm looking at the supplementary panel and why it might be good to scrap it is for two main reasons. And I'm going to go through these um, in a bit. But before I do, I think it's important to get a background um, to exactly what is the supplementary panel. Look, and, you know... I'll be perfectly honest as well. I can't, um, I can't actually find the time that the supplementary panel came into being. It didn't happen that long ago, though. And from doing my research, and yes, I do some research for these <laughs> for these podcasts, I'm about ninety nine percent sure it was around two thousand and five. Uh, which wasn't that long ago. And before you uh, say, uh, I'll, I'll revert you back to my previous episode. When I said 2001 wasn't that long ago in my, to my staff a while ago, a lot of them said, uh, sure, we were in primary school at that time, Simon. So I'm, maybe 2005, by the time you listen to this, uh, is quite a while ago, but only 15 years ago, really. And from my reading, it didn't seem uh, to be around um, around 2002, uh, which was the last piece of uh, most recent document I could find where it wasn't mentioned at all in the very glossy and fairly retro looking now uh, a publication from the Department of Education, which was called with the snappy title "Appointment of Principals, Permanent and Temporary Teachers Booklet," um, which uh, was pu- published in two thousand and two, and it wasn't even mentioned in a circular from the Department of Education in two thousand and four, uh, where it certainly mentions main panels but not supplementary ones. So, with that in mind, um, let's let's say it was two thousand and five because I can't think of another time. It could have been two thousand and six. Um, let's look at the difference between the main panel and the supplementary panel, because like everything in education, even a panel isn't a simple thing. The main panel is a fairly simple idea, and it's been around for a fairly long time. Um, there's no such thing as redundancy, basically, in primary education. So if a school loses enrolments and there are more teachers than there are allocated jobs, the least senior permanent member of staff or teacher in this case is protected from being thrown onto the dole queue. I nearly said the pup. We're in the middle, uh, as I'm recording this, um, we're, um, we're in the middle of uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and there's talk of teachers being put in the pup uh, because they're not, well, they're supposedly not working. But uh, anyway, we wouldn't be thrown in the pup. You'd be thrown onto the dole queue, uh, queue. And so instead of that happening, you're relocated onto a main panel. 
and this entitles the teacher to a job within 45 kilometers of their house or school. And the only real complication here um, is a patronage one. And it, and it is amazing, I mean, as, as like the patronage enters into absolutely everything. You can't actually have a rule without the, the patronage system kind of wiggling its way in. But basically you go onto the panel of your patron body. So if you work in a Catholic school in Carlo, for example, and you go on the panel, you would go on to what's called the Kildare Lachlan panel. And you'd be entitled to a permanent job in a school within that diocese. Now, if you're in an Educate Together school in Carlo, apart from being very lucky to have worked with me, I'm only joking, uh, you're limited to whatever Educate Together schools are within 45 kilometres. And I can tell you there aren't too many of them, so you'll be having a fairly hefty commute. For me, it's another reason to scrap patronage, I guess. Supplementary panels are naturally much more complicated. However, to try and simplify them as best as possible, a teacher is entitled to a permanent position if they have worked in any temporary or any substitute capacity for at least three years. So you could work in any capacity whatsoever. And technically, you could work in a different school every day over a number of years for the equivalent of three years. And you are entitled to a permanent position. Now, of course, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, in fact, it can be so complicated that the INTO runs seminars and webinars every year to figure the whole thing out. Now, I've checked the circulars every year, and every year there's a very, very slight change. So explaining them in this podcast will mean that the information that I give you now will be slightly out of date by the time you listen to this. However, I'm going to try and figure out 2020 to 2021 supplementary panel rights just to give an example. Um, I was just about to delve into a circular, and that circular is number 78 2020, which was released about a month before, um, I suppose, I was, I, I'd written the, uh, the script to this episode. Um, and I got to the end of the first few paragraphs and found myself absolutely and completely and utterly confused. So where better to go than the INTO's website, where they've actually made several videos explaining what this year's panel is all about? And they also have a very helpful summary at the bottom of the page, which is an English translation of the gobbledygook in the circular. Now, the site says, in order to be eligible for the supplementary panel, a teacher must have moved up at least three incremental points for their substitute or fixed term service by the end of the December when they apply, or if they have only moved up two incremental points, they must hold a contract to the end of the school year in which they apply. So one incremental point is earned for every 183 days of substitute work or every 365 days of temporary work, which is basically both equating to a full year of work. I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. So basically for every 183 days you work as a substitute, you go up the pay scale. And after three sets of 183 days of work, you're entitled to be on this panel. Now it continues, the service in question doesn't have to be continuous, so if a teacher is only working sporadically, it could take four or five or even six years to earn the necessary increments, and part-time fixed-term service will count towards your incremental progression and your supplementary panel rights. So basically, if you work enough time in a school or schools, whether that's subbing or temporary positions, you gradually build up enough days to be entitled to a permanent job via this supplementary panel. 
Now, this is great for teachers who find it next to impossible to get a permanent job. And I suppose the trick is, I guess, is to end up in the same panel district where you want to end up working. For example, if, I re if my priority is to really, really want to work near my house on a permanent basis, if I can get my last temporary position anywhere near my house, um, basically, uh, so basically I could go, well, I could work anywhere in the country for the first two years or so, or two and a half years, and then if I can sub near my house for the last few days, voila, I get to work, I get to work near my house on a permanent basis. So it sounds like a win-win situation for, for teachers, no? If you work long enough, you are almost guaranteed a permanent position. So what isn't there to like? Well, for me, and not just for me, there's two problems. And before I go on, abolishing the supplementary panel would certainly solve the problems, but I'm absolutely open to the fact that there, will, there are other solutions to both of these problems, and we need to weigh these up, and we might, we might go through some of those in a, in a bit. But the, problem, the problems really are, are time, as number one, and it only works if you've got decent quality teachers. Um, now hear me out in the second bit. I think the first bit won't, is, isn't controversial. Let's deal with the second one first. Okay? Statistically, it's impossible that every teacher that emerges from their teacher training college is going to be at least average. Never mind good or very good or excellent. And we've all heard the stories of that county hurler who never went to a lecture, copied all his notes from his classmates, did all his TPs where he was God to the school, and knew he'd only have to show up in a tracksuit to the interviews and the job was his. We've all heard those stories. Or you've heard the one about the auntie who was retiring in the local parish and was just waiting until the nephew or the niece graduated before that so he or she could take over. You know, we, we've heard those stories too. Look, Ireland is a small country and those stories are not unknown. But this isn't really about people like that. They'll get their permanent jobs without the supplementary panel. They won't have to go through the struggle of the supplementary panel. I'm talking about the students who barely scrape through training college. The ones, you know, look, teaching isn't suited for everybody. You might think you're going to be a good teacher or you might want to be a teacher. But ultimately, having gone to train teacher training college, you know, look, the gig isn't really suited. And, you know, they probably do just about enough to get through because, I mean, truth be told, it's exceptionally difficult to fail teacher training college. And with the introduction of the private teacher training colleges in 2002, it's even less difficult to get through teacher training. As long as you have enough money to keep repeating, you're good to go. And anyway, it doesn't really matter because statistically, we know from the inspectorate that roughly three to four percent of teachers that come out of teacher training college are deemed not to be of a high enough standard as teachers. Now, the inspectorate also estimated they usually would catch about half of those through the dip year, um, and that would give you maybe one out of two percent of teachers that you know really aren't good enough. Um, but because of Drihid, uh, basically, obviously with Drihid, that's gone now. So we're looking at anything between 1 in 50 um, or 1 in 25 qualified teachers maybe not being absolutely up to scratch, certainly not up to average. And there's no real way of doing anything about it, except the only thing that a principal can really do is not hire them. 
Now, some of you might doubt my figures, and uh, the purpose of this episode, a podcast episode, isn't to abs- give an absolute figure because it's kind of impossible. I mean, the inspector did say three to four percent of uh, of graduates were usually caught. Um, uh, uh, were usually not of a high standard, and half of them were caught through the dip system. Uh, that 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 uh, that we can say, and obviously with Drihid, that means that they aren't going to be caught. Um, but you know, look. Those figures can be argued. It doesn't really matter. It could be half a percent. It doesn't really matter. But certainly, we cannot say that absolutely every teacher coming out of teacher training college should be should be teaching. Uh, and we know that. Um, so look, if you think about, I mean, look, even if you don't believe me, just think back about your own college days and think about the people who went through your school on teaching practice in the last decade. You know, at least one of them had to have been a doozy. You know, I mean, that you know it. I know we we look we all know it and like it's no different to any jobs that are out there look I mean you look at I don't know um doctors look at firemen look at people working in supermarkets hairdressers they're not all going to be brilliant and they're not even all going to be average and um you know it's just a fact of the life and you know if you think back again sorry just going back to you know if you even complained about them to the college so I mean which I imagine most people don't do because we generally don't complain they probably inevitably got through the system and are probably teaching right now. And maybe I'm being very unfair here. Um, and maybe it's, there is only, I don't know, maybe there, no one can actually say there's zero, zero people in the system that shouldn't be there. But anyway, look, I, 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 I'm going on about it a little bit because I'm, I, I don't like saying it. Um, because, look, to be honest with you, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of teachers are great. Um, you know, and then you've got uh, some who are just grand and then there's the minute number who just aren't but anyway during a teacher shortage inevitably you know they get sucked up by the system um, but in times where jobs are not plentiful these teachers tend to go on the circuit subbing around and around getting blacklisted wherever they go so the good ones you know get you know get kept on really I suppose but when you have a, a, a shortage of substitutes um, you'll, you'll get them maybe once and then you go do you know what I'm not getting them again and um, you know it's it's pretty easy despite that you know basically there's enough schools out there that if you're a substitute and you're not great and you keep getting blacklisted wherever you go um, you'll, it's easy enough to build up the 549 days of subbing that would get you onto the supplementary panel. Now, maybe it would take a, a long time for that to happen. But over a decade, let's say we take, do that over a decade, it's less than 55 days a year. So if you can get yourself subbing for 55 days a year, after a decade, you've got a permanent job waiting for you in the, in the, in the, on the panel where you last subbed. And there doesn't seem to be a time limit to this. You could do this over 20 years if you really wanted to. Now, I don't know anyone who would uh, sub around for uh, a very small number of uh, days for 20 years and then get a permanent job. But certainly you could look at five years or, or, or certainly five or six years for that to happen. And when there is a substitute shortage, though, uh, and maybe this is this is how you do it. It is very, very easy to build up those days, no matter how poor you are as a teacher, to be allowed on the supplementary pan, pan, panel. Now, this, as you can see, isn't good for our profession. Yes, you know, there's disciplinary positions or procedures um, for teachers who aren't up to scratch, uh, you know, underperforming teachers or whatever it might be. But if you've even ever thought about disciplining a member of teaching staff, even thought about it, you'll know that you're, um, 
probably going to be on stress leave very, very quickly. And um, it can take years to fire an underperforming teacher and the aggression from unions, even when there isn't even a doubt of a case, is deeply intimidating and horrible for the for the principal that has to do this. Even if every single member of staff is looking at you going, what is this person doing? And you, 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 you as a principal know that if you even think about starting a disciplinary against this person, it's just, it's, it, you know, in some ways, um, you know, it's, it, it's just very, very difficult. And there's a reason why there's an adage about how difficult it is to fire a teacher. And in some ways, we're very lucky for that. But when you have a really, really poor teacher, it really is a problem. So much like a lot of things in the Irish education system, we actually completely rely on luck for things to work. And as you know, this is one of my central arguments against Drihid, for those of you who've been... Well, I actually don't go talk about Drihid. I haven't actually done an episode on Drihid yet. Uh, it is coming. Uh, I think it's in this, uh, one of the uh, episode 70s. I, uh, but, um, um, I mean, I've talked about Drihid enough on this podcast uh, to, to for people to have a fair idea about my feelings on it. But it's one of my central arguments against Drihid uh, is, is that it's based on luck. When you have a decent teacher doing Drihid, it's a brilliant idea. But when you have a very poor teacher, Drihid does nothing to help them unless they want to be helped. And teaching is one job where having very poor performing personnel is not something we can afford. Just think about your own school and think if there's a teacher there who just isn't good and think about the impact of it. Now it's going to be different for every school, but it could be really difficult for the entire community when you've even just got one underperforming teacher. Anyway, given that we can't really do very much about it, some of these teachers will end up on the supplementary panel and principals who are doing the hiring will be looking through that list and there's often and and there is often there's a very good reason why someone on that list wouldn't be getting a phone call for a permanent job. Now while most teachers are at least fine and grand and so uh, there are some people out there who get through that system and really shouldn't have. So effectively what happens is these, these uh, I guess what, they're, they're blacklisted subs in a way, uh, effectively what happens when you've got these blacklisted subs who have managed to get onto the supplementary panel is effectively what happens is principals just wait. They do nothing. They do not offer the job and they just wait until somebody else does. Ireland is a very small country and everybody waits and waits, hoping that some school can't wait any longer and the teacher that nobody wants ends up foisted on that unlucky school. And the trouble is that when when a panel isn't clear, schools are not allowed to start hiring and all the schools can do is keep their heads down until someone falters. And this is an issue. And it is an issue nearly every year uh, in Irish primary schools where there's a supplementary panel has not cleared and it could be well into August before it does clear because eventually somebody has to take the last teacher on the supplementary panel. And uh, I'm not saying it's always the case that the last person in the supplementary panel is a bad teacher or is someone who's blacklisted. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that at all uh, because there's lots of reasons why principals don't take someone from the supplementary panel. And sometimes it's because they want to be the ones hiring their own staff because uh, with any panel, whether it's the main panel or the supplementary panel, when a principal doesn't have any control over who they take in, 
uh, often it's because um, they they want they want someone that would would be a particular fit for their school. Uh, but sometimes it is the case where it's the some it's the person that nobody wants, um, and that's really of that. And and while that's happening, time ticks on and time ticks on, which leads on to the other point of the problem with supplementary panels. The issue above is not unique to the supplementary panel. The main panel has this issue as well. Sometimes someone ends up on the main panel and everyone knows that they're trouble, okay? Um, you, it's the least senior person. Uh, they may have decided to go, they may have fallen out with the, rest of the school and part of the compromise is go on, be the least, uh, they, they, they become the least, mem- uh, least senior member of the uh, staff knowing that the school are going to lose numbers and they're thrown onto the panel. Sometimes there's a deal done, you know, that's, that's, the, that's kind of a deal that might be done um, so they can go on the panel and have a fresh start. You know, let's say something terrible happens in the school and oh, there's awful falling out and that happens in any job uh, and basically a deal is done. Sometimes uh, a principal who might have been under disciplinary action from their board, a deal might be done uh, with the union uh, where they resign from their post and they become the most junior teacher and they have a way out to go onto the panel. And obviously this, like the supplementary panel, are in a very small minority of cases, but what happens is this teacher ends up in the main panel and that waiting game emerges again where people keep their heads down, they don't offer the jobs, and everyone tries their best to hold out until someone has to take the last person on the panel. And the thing is, it takes time. And it can take a long time, as I've said. It could be with the supplementary panel, it can go into late July, August. For the main panel, it can be May, even June. And by the time that that main panel is cleared, um, you know, only does the supplementary panel kick off. And that's the same waiting game well into the summer holidays when principals should be kicking back and recovering, which they obviously can't do. Now, scrapping the supplementary panel would obviously solve this problem, but I imagine there could be alternative ways to dole out the positions. For example, would there be a system where the teacher on the supplementary panel, or the main panel for that matter, chooses the schools they want to work in in order of preference and they get allocated as a result. Okay, so what I'm saying is let's, let's okay, scrap the uh, supplementary panel or, or like you, maybe you qualify for the supplementary panel. But rather than schools going out to you, you decide where you want to work, have a, have a sort of a, a hierarchy of the schools that you want and uh, you get allocated. So you are allocated to a school rather than a school choosing you. Now, maybe that's a good option. However, this might make things unfair in another way. You know, also, couldn't schools do what they do now and pretend they don't have any positions available and hide until the coast is clear? And, you know, actually come to think of it, that's exactly what schools would do. So, in fairness, that system probably wouldn't work. But to be perfectly honest, what I think the solution is, is I don't think casual subbing should entitle teachers to panel rights uh, um, after thinking about the situation. You know, I, I know that might seem very harsh and it may make very little sense to me why there would be an entitlement to a permanent job if one can't get anything other than casual subbing after a number of years. I can see the other side of that argument too, especially for teachers who might be marginalised, like minorities. If there's a job shortage in Ireland, there's also somewhat of an argument. But I don't think such a crisis where you know, uh, where where there's a system of building up casual sub days is reasonable to gain these very powerful rights of a permanent job. 
And I can absolutely see how someone doing three full years of temporary work definitely qualifies. But then again, one could still have issues, especially if it's in three different schools. Perhaps there could be some sort of system, you know, and, and here I think this might be the solution, I don't know, uh, where if you have 184 days in the same school, so you've done a year and at least a day, at least to give some sort of guarantee that the teacher was good enough to have in the school for more than one day. And you could kind of say, okay, if you complete a, 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 your three years, if 184 of those days were in the same school, then you were good enough uh, for one school, so you must be good enough for any school. For me, though, the advantages of the supplementary panel simply don't outweigh the disadvantages. And I feel it needs to be scrapped or at least modified, just like that example above, the 184 days, which I think is reasonable. I mean, systems have to be tested for their worst case scenarios, and the supplementary panel, I feel, fails in many cases. Um, do you know, so I mean, I, I think if you have any system, so we talked about Drihid, um, just earlier, and I want to just talk about worst case scenarios so, so you understand what I mean by the supplementary panel. Drihid doesn't work because of the worst case scenario test. And what I mean by the worst case scenario test is you have to think of how does this system work when you have a worst case scenario. So in Drihid, um, basically, there's no, um, the, the worst case scenario is basically a, a rubbish teacher uh, coming out of college, a rubbish NQT who basically, um, gets through college, that's fine, uh, here and there, and they come to your school to do Drihid, and basically they spend a year wrecking the, wrecking the class they've had, no planning, nothing, you know, doing very little, scraping through the year or whatever, and basically at the end of the year, what they can do is they can say, yeah, I did enough, I feel I did enough to pass Drihid or to be inducted, and there's nothing anyone can do about that. So ultimately, that's a worst case scenario for Drihid. It fails when it comes to the worst case scenario and you have to test systems on that. Now that might be a very small number of people, but it's still a number of people. There is nothing one can do about anyone. Drihid basically does nothing uh, really um, for, um, well, for any teacher really. I mean, it, it, it's just a tick the box exercise. But even though it is just a tick the box exercise, it means that in a worst case, in a in a in a best case scenario, a teacher does very well from it because they take the opportunities of mentorship and all that kind of stuff. But for the worst case scenario, it's meaningless um, and damaging at um, you know at worst. So let's look at the supplementary panel. If we if we have a supplementary panel, the worst case scenario is is the person who shouldn't be in teaching subbing day to day over a number of years, getting blacklisted by schools because they're just they're just absolutely hopeless. And um, effectively, after three years or, or 549 of these days um, subbing in any schools around the country, on the 549th day, they are entitled to be a have a permanent job on the panel. Now, that is not a good situation. So how do we fix that worst case scenario? Well, it looks like to me, if you put in a minimum number of days that someone works in the same school, and I would say, at least a year and a day, because as I said, anyone can work for a year uh, on a temporary contract and they could be terrible. But if they are asked back, even for one day after that, so 184 days in a row, uh, then you uh, you would qualify for the supplementary panel. Um, now, I know there's a, a problem with that because there may not be a temporary position the, the following year, but 
there there may be a system where this where a school might be able to say i would give this teacher a job if i had one um now that puts pressure on a principal to be nice and there could be problems there but again we're examining this worst case scenario um and you have to test these systems for the worst case scenarios and i'm looking at the supplementary panel failing in many many cases so you know, I'm, I'm coming to the end of the episode. It's not a very long episode, really. As I said, we're, we're um, not that uh, not that many. Uh, it's one of my shorter episodes. Um, I, I think on balance, I'm going... I As I said, I come into these episodes with, an, with a thought. I talk them through. As you can hear, I've been doing that for the last little while. But I am going to um, have to go back with my initial thoughts. Yes, I feel sorry for, you know, 96% of teachers where this might affect them. But I also think that 96%, these 96% of teachers won't have a problem getting permanent positions anyway. If you're good enough, you will get a permanent position. You will get your three temporary years and get your CID. Do you know, this is the thing. I mean, you, there is other systems out there where you can get uh, contracts of indefinite duration. And you can get them through, uh, through, through temporary contracts. Um, you know, we do have to be wary of the small percent that do ruin it for everyone. Um, I, I, I do think modifying it to be if you that that there's this minimum of 184 days would probably you know work uh, and that might suit the 96% of teachers because I don't like to remove the supplementary panel completely but I think if you um it, it, it might work let's say uh, if you were going to have to keep it uh, that would be the minimum standard that might go into it but I think even scrapping it fully might be reasonable enough because I think um for the vast majority of teachers temporary positions will be available and especially when we when we scrap this supplementary panel lots of temporary positions become more available um, because we're, we're not offering permanent jobs for sub people who've been subbing around for five or six years um and um you know we have to look at these loopholes and see if they can be utilized um uh, for for negative reasons but in, in this case i think gaining permanent employment over somebody who might deserve it they need to be shut these loopholes so look i know i'm kind of you know going going back and forth and trying to figure it out and everything else and seeing whether i whether i come to a conclusion and i suppose by the end i'm not a hundred percent sure that this is a very good idea but i i feel maybe there is a seed of an idea there that might might supplement the supplementary panel so, but I think all told, if I were the Minister for Education, I'd probably abolish the supplementary panel. Sorry. So there we are. That is my thoughts on the supplementary panel. Uh, I, I, I guess I've been cancelled by now uh, by uh, a number of people. That's the end of me. Um, but I mean, do, um, I, as I said, I mean, these are only thoughts. They're really conversation starters. Um, I suppose this this was an episode I was requested to do, um, and um, I suppose you, you can shoot the messenger if you want. Uh, that's fine, but at the same time, you know, I I, I feel you kind of got to go through these things, test them out, see what works, what doesn't work, and so on. So look, it's uh, it's 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 worth um, it's worth discussing. I think I think we have to look at the supplementary panel at least, if not scrap it. We certainly have to look at it and see if we can improve it um or, or or maybe scrap it it depends um or maybe just uh have a look at the main panel and see if we can have some way of, of working w- within that 
as because time is really a big problem. We don't need to be stressing out all the way over to the end of August before we're able to offer positions, um, and which can be problematic as well. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode and be sure to tune in every Friday evening for another episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or If I Were the Minister for Education. I'd really appreciate you subscribing to podcasts so that each new episode is available to you immediately after its release and uh, if you are a subscriber you get a little bit earlier than everybody else. Um, I'd also appreciate any reviews of the podcast positively please uh, so that other teachers around the country can find it. Um, that is really it to be honest with you. I um, I hope you enjoyed the episode as I said. Uh, good to do these regular episodes while, uh, while I can and uh, until the next time we'll see you again. Thanks a million for listening. Bye bye. Thank you.